ready. Welcome to episode 44 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes, and I'm your host, along with my daughter, Emma. Hi, Emma. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> we are talking about Eli and what I did when I took him to his first trial. So a little background. Next weekend, I am working the trial. And when you work a trial, you're given, in some clubs, they give you free runs. And you won't let me run your dog. And so I decided, well, let's put Eli in a competition environment and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, he's ready. I mean, he's uh, he's doing doing very well and he's not ready for a standard. I'm not done with his contacts yet for sure. Uh, and there's still a lot to learn. So I know that it's a, a learning experience rather than a official trialing experience, if you will. Um, but so I'm working next weekend, but, and again, I'm getting free runs. And so since you won't let me run your dog, I, <laughs> I decided to go ahead and enter Eli. And the second that I did that, I thought, I don't want to be working on his very first time in a competition arena. And I think that's a good thought. Yeah. So I thought, all right, enter the trial the week before. Yeah, <laughs> so, well, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> and so that's what I did. So I entered one day, Friday. That was um, a couple of days ago. I entered on Friday. I entered three runs because I wanted to do two FEO runs. So, in, so and I did an AKC trial. So I, the, in, in AKC currently at the moment, you can only do training in the ring in their fast class and in their time to beat class. FEO means for exhibition only, which basically means you're training in the ring. You can do whatever you want in the ring. Yeah, you can bring in a toy, but not treats. Correct? Correct. For AKC. Yes. Yes. Um, and you're supposed to announce it. You're, the rule is that you're supposed to announce it before you um, start training so the judge can relax and not worry. The scorekeepers don't have to keep score. Um, if you pull out a toy halfway through what looks like a real run, the judge gets kind of annoyed or they can get kind of annoyed. So it's best to declare that you're training right from the get-go. Um, you have to take in a toy that doesn't leave your hand that doesn't have a squeaker, um, basically it can't bug the other ring or any dogs um, in, in, the, in the area. Um, and you can do the equipment in any order. You can keep your dog on leash the entire time if you wanted to, you just can't put them over obstacles if you do that. Um, but you can do all flat work on leash and you can go anywhere in the ring. You can touch the equipment, you can reset bars, all of that. Um, so I wanted to do that. I, I wanted to do that for several reasons. And I, and I went back and forth because I know that he could have done the fast course. I know that I could have qualified him in, in fast. Um, but I specifically chose not to because I wanted to make sure that we really were connected. And I wanted to make sure that he really was going to ignore the environment around him. Uh, we had a male judge and uh, male figures have in general been 
a little bit bigger of a trigger for his sudden environmental contrast than females. So we had a male judge the entire day. Um, and I wanted to get a, a, a taste of a feel for what his ring behavior was going to be on and off leash. So I want to talk about that. I don't think I have much to add, seeing as I'm uh, on the other side of the world. But I think, um, you know, I've watched you guys grow as a team. I've, I've watched your training. I think this is one of the first dogs that you've had while I've been alive um, where I haven't had a ton of influence on it. Right. So like when you had Tia, I was a really young kid. And so obviously when you're really young, it's, you, you, you know, want to see the dog and then the same with Jinx. And then all of our dogs really have been, have been majorly influenced by me one way or another, me being a kid or me being an experimental agility trainer or whatever. Um, and I think that it's really cool to see, um, you with your own knowledge and own skill set with your own dog um you know and i he's also your first dog as a trainer right uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah 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 so that's cool because i mean you've learned a lot in the time i mean you've always been a dog trainer but i mean in the time since you've been back that's what eight years now yeah an agility trainer yeah um so focused on agility as opposed to just behavior Right. But I, I just mean like being in the dog world and being in because I, I don't, but I know that what your students think of you means a lot to you, to us, to the to the company. Um, and so it's really cool to see a dog that has a lot of pressure on his shoulders doing well. Yeah, I don't know if it's so much that I I mean, I do care what how my students feel. But I also. It doesn't stop me if I feel that they don't. Aren't, well, yeah, aren't in my boat. <laughs> right. Right. If right. But it's, it's nice to be a dog trainer. Right. And then be giving advice to people and people be giving you their money for this. And then you have a dog and you can say, well, hey, you know, this is this is what I can do. Right. This is what you are buying when you come to me for classes. Yeah. He is an advertisement, basically. I mean, of course, a dog is more than that, but but he's a good advertisement for go get him agility. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, although that being said, you can be a really, really good coach, really good instructor and not be a good handler. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I agree. I have seen some that are just phenomenal agility handler coaches, but not so much agility dog trainers, right? Yeah. So they can read handling but they don't necessarily know how to teach agility. Right. I've seen that. Uh, all right. So let, let me talk about Eli's, how I, how I approached his um, first trial experience, my goals, um, my plan, and then what really happened. Uh, so I'm going to kind of just go through a timeline. I think that might work best to give you an idea of just how my day went. So it was for Friday only. I had three runs planned, two FEO, and then my third run, Novice Jumpers with Weaves, was, I was going to, uh, my plan was to trial him for Q if the FEOs went as planned. And so, but that was flexible. I was willing to go right into training mode for his, his Jumpers with Weaves class. All right. So my class started at 10. That was the scheduled time that the, the trial set out for 10 a.m. start time, first dog on the line. 
And so I arrived an hour prior, maybe a little bit over an hour prior because I needed to get him measured. Mm. So I arrived and the first thing that I did was I took him out for a little walk and into the off-leash exercise area and allowed him to potty and then I played ball with him. So one of the things that I've been told and I honestly have no stats to back this theory up, um, but one thing that I was told is that exercise prior to measuring can relax a dog. <clears throat> I don't know if that's true because it's would imagine so well play to him really arouses him <laughs> so, <laughs> yes it may make him a little tired but i definitely don't know that it relaxes him but anyway well it softens his muscles doesn't it yeah i mean he's probably a little bit more true. loose and yeah it warms him up yeah. a little bit right yeah so um i exercised him for maybe eight minutes or so um just playing some moderate ball um throws with him more of a ball bounce so he runs straight I throw the ball in front of him he catches it and keeps running so um he's a really good ball player in that form well I'm gonna pull that out. ball players are good I quite like that term I thought that was cute ball player <laughs> yeah uh then oh when I first got there I offered him some water I always offer him water right when I arrive and then when we are done exercising, I offered him some more water and I put him um, in his crate and I went to the bathroom myself. <laughs> so <Nice>. one, of, <laughs> one of my, one of my MOs is to, I always get to a trial and I always, well, I don't need to go there. <laughs> I, I always take care of my own personal needs. Then after that, I went inside and I got measuring forms. So the trial secretary has measuring forms that you can take back out to your car, fill out, and then bring back in with you when you get your dog measured. And because he's under two years old, I was doing a one-time temporary height measurement. And we had trained, this, this was a fun experience. So we had trained for measuring. I did a ton of stand stays with them. I taught them a hold your chin still cue. Uh, or behavior. I taught him to watch a cookie on the floor in a stand stay. I did wicket measuring. I did, um, I use a, a hanger, a hanger to a plastic hanger to like um, a clothes hanger. Yeah. Like a clothes hanger yeah. to, um, practice, you know, things just moving over his shoulder blades, pushing down on his shoulder blades or his withers. And he was doing great. I mean, his stand stay training, his measuring training, I'm like, yes, this is going to work great. <laughs> then let, let me tell you what really happened. <laughs> um, I asked the judge if he had time to measure and he said yes. And so he went and got the wicket. And normally in our area, they put the dogs up onto the pause table and then put the wicket on the pause table. Dog and wicket are together on the measuring table. So that's what I trained for. What really happened is he put the wicket on the floor and sat down next to it. And Which is interesting. I have never seen or heard of that before. I feel like that's a really good way to get bit. You know, if you have a nervous dog in front of you. That was a little oh, bit boy. my thought. But, and he said, I mean, okay. Eli's not a fighter, but, you know. Right. Eli, yeah, Eli has never shown any tendency to fear bite or anything like that. 
Um, but so he sat down on the on the floor <laughs> next to the wicket and he said, Okay, I want the dog facing me. Oh goodness. With his front legs basically right next to his leg. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm like straddling the I'm almost straddling <laughs> the judge's legs to to help bring Eli in. And Eli's like, dude, you're way too close to me. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. So he finally did hold for a stands day. And then as soon as the wicket went over him, he said, I'm too close and the wicket, no way I'm out. And he would back out of it. Then he'd come forward again. Then he'd back out of it. Then he'd come forward again. And it was this back and forth, like, oh my gosh, I thought I trained this. I obviously didn't train it for this scenario. And <laughs> anyway, I finally, he held a chin hold just long enough for the judge to get a measurement on him. Uh, and then that was it. So we only have, we only have to do, do that once uh, until he's two years old and then we'll have to do it uh, twice. That one, I can't remember if the temporary measurement holds as one measurement or if he then needs two more when he's two. But anyway, I'll figure out that rule when I get there. Um, so my home measurement was 17 inches and the judge's measurement was 17 and a quarter. So I was close. Um, so that Eli might have been stressed as well due to, you know, they kind of hunch up their shoulders when they're a little bit worried. That was just um, it. I couldn't put them in the nice stack that I normally I have, have a question for you, actually. When you were measuring Eli at home, did you have food on the floor? No. Okay. Did you ever have him face with his head down, facing down to the floor? Maybe once or twice, but no. Because I was, because I, re I remember getting Millie measured in uh, Luxembourg, and I knelt down on the floor. They put her on a table, and so I sat down below her. And they said, "Uh, uh, uh." They said, "Nope, you are lowering your dog's shoulders when you're making a look down at the floor." They said, "Stand up, have your dog with her chin parallel to the ground." Yeah, that's how I would do it. I would, I'd have his nose level. Okay, I'm wondering um, if that would, you know, that might be the difference. Never mind. He's probably just nervous then. <laughs> well, no, I think it's a true measurement. I think yeah. I'm, okay. You know, I'm I'm using my hand to measure him. You're using you know? the side of the kitchen counter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's exactly what I do. So I lure him next to the the wall. Put yeah. my hand on his withers. Leave my hand on the wall. Put a little piece of tape there, and then I go get a yeah. tape measure. I think seventeen point five is a good measurement to have. I mean, that's no, we need going to be about there. Oh, 17.25. Gosh. Yeah. Um, we, I mean, that's a good measurement to have. We knew he was going to be around that height. And yeah, no, stayed, I'm happy with that height. Yeah. I'm happy with that height. All right. So I got him measured. Then I took him out, um, offered him more water, probably another potty. I can't remember at that point. And then I put him back in his crate. And around that time, uh, they were walking my first class, which was fast. And so I went back in and I walked a potential pattern. So I knew that I had certain ideas that I wanted to work on. Uh, the only two things, there, there were several things that I wanted to see how he reacted. So my first one was, was he confident coming into the ring? And was he worried? Was he backing up? Was the tail down? Was he stressing? Was he sniffing? So what did he do when he initially came into the arena? Then I wanted to see how he reacted to the ring crew. So the leash runner, scribe, and the, and the male judge, and any other bar setters. I didn't take notice 
the whether or not I had male or female ring crew. Um, because I was more focused on the judge being out in the arena with us. Yeah. Um, and he was initially, so I remember walking past him and then he may have gone and had a little break, but, uh, so I wanted to see his confidence. I wanted to see how he reacted to the ring crew. I wanted to know, was he sniffing? Was he paying attention to the environment? Uh, the noises, the buzzer, the... Did they the use go. the go? Yep. Yeah, the okay. Go or the ready sound. And then I wanted to see, could would he move with me at, at the start line? So I brought him in. They said go, and I immediately put him onto a tug to just get him, knowing that there's a reward in here for you, um, stick with me. And he immediately went onto the tug. So that was another thing. Was he stressed to the point where he wouldn't tug, or was he willing oh, yeah. to tug? And he was willing to tug, which was good. And so I released him off the tug, put him into a sit-stay with his leash on, dropped the leash and asked him to come to me about, I think I stepped away backwards. So when I, when I step away from him, I, I always keep my chest towards him and step backwards away from him. So now I'm inviting him to come into me as opposed to turning my back on him, like a, a sit stay uh, start line. So this is information of, can he move with me in a certain space? And so I knew that both of us facing each other was the easiest for him. So I went ahead and did that. He did a great sit stay. He stayed focused on me. He held, I, I asked him to hold it for maybe five seconds. It wasn't very long. Released him to me onto the tug. And at that point, I went ahead and took his leash off. I can't remember if he was still holding the tug or not, but um, he had a harness on. So I took his harness off and just immediately dropped the harness right where he was, um, moved him just off of the harness a little bit, put him into a sit stay, and then asked him to take one jump back towards me. So a little wing wrap back towards me onto the tug again. And he Good. was all in, he did that beautifully. He didn't look around, he didn't hesitate. He jumped and wrapped the wing exactly how I intended him. And so I kept him on the tug and I walked him about uh, halfway across the arena to an, a, about four or five line of jumps that was in a gentle arc going towards the teeter and the weave poles. So the teeter and the weave poles were the two obstacles that I wanted to see and introduce him to in a trial environment. So I took my tug, took him over to a nice arc of jumps and put him into a sit stay, let out about 15 feet or so, released him on this line of jumps, which he did beautifully. And then I asked him to weave. He couldn't get the entrance. It was, it was a tough entrance, but I, more than, I think he could have gotten the entrance if we were in our home arena. Uh, and in fact, I know he could have gotten the entrance if we were in our home arena, um, but it was in the back corner. And so I think that he was just slightly distracted by whatever, by the environment, or he just didn't, couldn't get the weave entrance in that context with that amount of speed, whatever. 
And right at that time, as he bypassed the weave poles, the buzzer went. So I just Ooh. recalled him. I recalled him back to me, put him onto the tug and took him um, out. What shocked me a little bit is the time was super fast. So for an FEO run? Well, for me, per, just for, I don't understand. for my okay, mental, so, for my, so you... I'm, I'm pretty dang good at judging time. I'm yeah, pretty dang good at judging time. And to me, it felt like, wow, that only felt like 30 seconds. And, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Uh, and so as I'm going back, I'm like, was that my full time for FEO? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, oh, all right. Which I think is 90 seconds. So I think it's 90 wow. seconds that you're allowed, but it could be 60 seconds. Um, anyway, it felt very fast to me. And so as I'm walking back, I'm, I'm talking to the ring crew, which is also a trigger for him to um, to do a little sudden environmental stuff on the people talking back to me. And he didn't react at all, which was awesome. Good. Absolutely. Was he it. on leash at this point? No, he was just on his tug. He was okay. on his tug. We were walking back towards his leash. Um, he, I got him back on uh, his harness. We exited and we exited right into a family. And I was really, really proud of recognizing who was immediately outside the exit gate and keeping him in attention on me instead of just dashing out for my cookies and not paying attention to who we were running into. And so not that he has a problem with families, but I didn't want to get <laughs> tangled up in the leash. Right. So, sure. So I kept him close to me so that he wasn't shooting out and tripping up little kids and wrapping legs around his leash. So just paying attention in the, that moment, I was really um, happy with how I responded um, and <laughs> keeping him in a, a little bit of a tighter heel position rather than just letting him dash out the door, which I see a ton of people do with their dogs, you know, trying to get to the treat table. Right. So it makes sense, but it's also can be very dangerous. Um, what else? All right. So that was our FEO run. After that was our fast FEO run. And um, I immediately took him. So my MO every single time I run a run, my MO is to go to my treats or my toy, which I have stashed in various parts of the competition area. And you're so, like a super spy. You're I just am. like always, there's a stash everywhere. There is. I had one, yeah. two, three, I had <laughs> three stashes for one ring. <laughs> I did. I did. That's so fun. Uh, and so I got him to his treats, rewarded him, took a fistful of treats, put them in my pocket. And so then what I do is I always do a cool down walk. So I walk the entire perimeter of the facility for the most part um it's a pretty big place but um, i walk a big perimeter walk and during that time he pottied again almost immediately but then he pooped almost immediately as well so i was mm. really really proud of him for not pooping in the ring because good boy there yeah was a, there was a poop in him uh and remind me to talk about the cell phone effect when it comes to pottying your dog Oh, that's, I love that. That's like the the water drinking effect as well. Yeah. When you talk to somebody. Right. Okay. So uh, then what did I do? Um, 
Then I took them. Oh, so when I'm doing my cool down walk, I always make my cool down walk past my car um, once for a, another water drink. And then I continue the walk. So I don't want my dog to think that we're going straight from agility right into their crate. Um, I, yeah. So I always bypass my car, check in with the water dish and pick up any more treats that I may want or a different toy or whatever. And then I continue my cool down walk as well. And I also get myself a drink of water at that time. So I did that, finished our cool down walk, finished our water, and then went back, uh, crated him up. He's crating out of my car, crated him up. And I went back inside because I knew that they would be walking the next class that I was in within the, the next 10 minutes. So, or, or 15 minutes. So, um, and I was right. I walked back in, they were just about to walk time to beat. And so I figured out strategically where I wanted to be. So now that I worked his start line, I worked his focus with the environment, had no issues. Oh, the other one that had gotten him in the past, which did not phase him at all this time was floating heads. So people who are over the wall barrier watching, he would look up at them and go like, oh my gosh, there's a floating head. What is that about? Um, and he'd just give a little bit of a woof every from time to time. So it, that one was pretty random, but he didn't do that at all. Um, all right, so then I'm walking time to beat. So because I did my start line stay and my environmental stuff in the first FEO run, the second FEO run, I wanted to go straight to the equipment. So, so let me, I just want to back up a little bit and talk about how fast that time was, how fast it felt in my head and how fast it was in reality. I, this was my very first time doing FEO. So every other dog that I've put out there for their first trial, there's never been FEO possible. That's how long ago I trialed. <laughs> I mean, it was what, 11 years? since jinx well yeah i mean it wasn't even available for dot though that was six years right so i think it's only a, like a two or three year old thing right no no I, let's see no it's been around for a little bit longer than that i think yeah, i don't dinner. know when they brought feo in they, it might have been around with dot but certainly wasn't i don't think so wasn't as uh, i didn't know as much about it as i do today right all right, so because I not, was not used to it and I knew I figured out how fast the time goes, on my second round, I went immediately to my uh, obstacles that I wanted to focus on, which was the teeter and the weepples. Um, and I went to those because my dog, my dog walk, well, there was no dog walk, but um, my dog walk and my A-frame are not fully trained. So there was an A-frame in the time to beat and the fast class. And I was not going to put him up either one of those, even though um, they would be an easy contact for him to work. So I went ahead and went with the teeter because I wanted to make sure that he was introduced to a new teeter in a new environment. And so I went straight there. And as I'm going to the teeter, um, I kept him in a a bypass cue, so that means stay by my side, so a close cue, stay by my side, walk with me, stay in handler focus, uh, don't look at any obstacles, and just wait for more instruction, essentially. And as I'm doing that, we bypassed the judge, he took no notice of the judge, 
and I immediately put him into a sit stay about eight feet off the end of the teeter. And I have a very specific pattern that I like to do when introducing a new teeter. And so I put him eight feet off the end of the teeter, went to the end, recalled him, or not recalled him, uh, released him with his teeter cue. He immediately grabbed it, looked absolutely comfortable, um, happy to be on there. His criteria for where he was wasn't exactly what I wanted, but I wasn't worried about that at the time. I was just worried about his confidence level. And so I immediately rewarded him with a tunnel send, which he loves tunnels, and then attempted a very difficult weave entrance, which he got the nice. entrance. He got the entrance, but he didn't stay in the pulse. Uh, so I rewarded him with personal play. So personal play is another thing that I can take into the ring with me. So I did some personal play with him. Which Tell was, us what personal play is specifically. Uh, kind of like roughhousing. Yeah, <laughs> like, like push, pushing him back with my hands, um, telling him to jump up at me and, you know, get excited playing with me with no toys involved. So it's there's lots of different ways to do personal play. But his is his most favorite is jumping up at me and me pushing him back, uh, which immediately aroused him. And <laughs> he actually got a little too aroused. He actually came up and muzzle punched my face. <laughs> I'm like, all right, dude, let's take that back down a notch. That um, hurt. <laughs> you can hear him. You can hear him barking at me. He does this kind of high pitched squeal when he's. It's very cute. When he when he's that excited. Um, so then I set him back up to do the teeter again, and this time I sent him to the back side of a jump to add in a little speed, and did the same pattern out again. So um, teeter, immediate release to the tunnel. And then I tried the weave full entrance again just to see if I could get a little bit better timing on my hand lane. And he nailed it. I was so proud of him. So we did a little, um, I have a collection cue that um, when he's when he's converging on me, it's hey, hey. That means add a stride in, collect. And that gave him just enough time to get the weave full entrance. And then I took him out on that same arc of jumps that I did in fast, just the reverse of it towards the uh, exit gate. All right, here's one thing that I did not uh, plan well. So on right when he got off that last jump, as I'm getting his harness and, and getting his harness on, I pulled out my toy and I started um, rewarding him. So I just gave it to him while I was trying to get the harness on. So he's oh, playing dear. with the he's playing with the toy by himself. Or I have it in my hand because you're not allowed to let go of it. But he's essentially tugging by himself and I'm trying to get the harness on. That did not go well. I could not get the harness buckled. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm taking forever here. I literally probably took, I don't know, 15 seconds to get, my harness, to get my harness clipped up. I That's almost a left funny. with it just over his neck. But I'm like, oh, golly. nope, if he, if he gets out, I'm in trouble. So I stood there messing. He has a toy in his mouth. I'm trying to get this. Uh, and it's an easy buckle to get to. So all you have to do is get it close and it magnetic um, shuts. I couldn't get it close. So, <laughs> anyway, that was a bad idea. Uh, so I decided to go ahead and go just with my regular leash martingale collar, which I can get on 
very, very quickly. And he you lasso out. him with that one. Oh, no, he's so fast at putting his nose through. <laughs> it was great. So. He lasses himself. All right. Can we. Um, what was your reasoning with the harness? Was there any specific reason that you chose the harness well, for I'm, a trial? Just because we're not really harness people, are we? True. I've been using the harness for the last month last month and mm -hmm. a half uh, so i wanted to put him back I, I, he started in a harness and i've wanted to put him back into a harness mainly because when he does get excited he does uh, pull a little bit and i didn't want to put any pressure on his neck okay and so i start i've all of his walks now are with a harness and he doesn't okay. pull i mean he's not a polar at all he's very very good on the leash but every once in a while he gets a little bit excited and he pulls and it's just enough i've had him cough just enough when he's pulling yeah i okay. don't want to cause any damage so my thought is just harness him up but me and the harness and the trial yeah <laughs> i need to work on that maybe your shaking hands cause more damage psychologically so well, than... i was so excited with how well he did that yeah there was probably part of that did you write all this down? Is that why you're so, like, methodical about the whole thing? I never, not only wrote it down, I audio taped myself. I was wondering, because you're very, like, um, you're very specific about everything. And I was like, how would you remember that? I see now. Well, I guess I just wanted to recount my experience in hopes that it might help somebody else. Mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. are always asking me you know what what time should i get there um what do i do first so i just thought maybe this would be good for somebody right yeah and i kind of wanted to remember it and i'm very fast at forgetting things <laughs> like this and so i wanted to document it for myself i guess so what is the definition of debut? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Do you have it? Are you quizzing me right now? No, I mean, um, I would say to to person's first appearance or performance. Yeah, I was going to say to show off something new. Capacity or role. Performance in public for the first time. Yeah. See, I didn't really think of this as his debut. I thought it. I didn't. Yeah, I thought of it more as a fact finding mission. Well, only because you've <laughs> that's fun. Only because you've done so much um practice beforehand. So like you've done seminars, yeah. you've done classes. And so um I think he was well prepared. I know that you were very nervous about this. You texted me at like two in the morning your time. You're like, Emma, I'm so scared. Okay, well you didn't say that specifically, but you said I'm really nervous. And it was very strange for me, um, because I think I really, really, really and this is the first dog I've had, like I said, where I've, I have no skin in the game. So I was like, I was like, well, why would you be nervous? Like, he'll be fine. I'm not nervous. I know he'll be fine. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That, and nervous is not really the right word. That's not really. You weren't nervous before? Well, I was. Yeah, no, I thought about it a lot. So is anxiety and nervous the same thing? I think so. Well, it depends on the kind, but yeah. Because. He, so he's he's been really really good lately i mean like he's all the stuff that i dealt with early on with the sudden environmental contrast stuff has really really gone to the wayside now is that the right yeah word? and yeah 
and and it's purely based on all of the training that we've done, right? He, I really think that if I hadn't addressed it, I think it would have gotten worse. Yeah, you really cracked down on that for sure. On it almost immediately. Oh yeah. The response that I saw from him, the the way that I attacked it worked almost out of the gate. Everything that I tried was working. Well, that's also where your your um, behavioralist side comes in as well. You had the tools to to combat that and it worked, you know? Well, I didn't necessarily have yes and no. I had the I had the tools, but I actually used other people's ideas. And so Right, but you knew how to execute these ideas. Yeah, but a lot has changed since I was doing behavior back in back in the day. And so I really liked the protocol that I followed, but it, and it yeah. works. So I just, it works. Yeah, for sure. Uh, one thing that I, I don't know if I mentioned this or not, so I'm going to repeat it if I didn't already mention it. But when I went into the fast, the FEO fast run for the very first time, the first thing I said to him is look around. And That's your cue, isn't it? Yeah, that's my cue to you're going to see stuff. You're going to there's people in here, potentially dogs. Right. I mean, that's my look around includes dogs, people, weird things, just weird stuff. Anything that I think may set them off. I tell him to look around, find it and look back at me. And he looked around. He looked right back at me. He said, OK, cool. Let's do this. Yeah. Uh, so I immediately that that protocol that I had in place for the last few months six, seven months has really played nicely right into the agility arena. Yeah. Um, so yeah. And I was nervous. I was anxious. I was worried. I was thinking a lot because of the explosive behavior that he showed all those months ago. Yeah. Um, and yet I knew that our training w- was good. And yeah. so part of me was like, yeah, we can try this. I didn't feel completely out of my depths, but I also, it was a little bit of an unknown. We had never been with other, in a trial. We'd just never been in a trial. Yeah. I think specifically, um, one of the worrying things for me that I was like, oh, was the fact that there was going to be a judge in the ring. And I know that you've done seminars and such with people in the ring, but it's it's different when judge because judges kind of have a look, you know, and they they look very intently at you. Um, so I was a little worried about the judge thing, and I was very pleased to hear that he didn't really care. Yeah, they they they're watching you and they follow you, right? Yeah, they do their little judges path, and so if you go into their judges path, you're gonna bring your dog right into yeah. the judge path. Are you worried about the table at all? I know well, that they're getting rid of. Have they already gotten rid of it, or are they getting rid of it? No, they're talking about. I, I didn't. Okay. Really anyway, but that's beside the point. My point being, though, are you worried at all about the table where the judge will be right on your on your back? You know, five, four, three, two, one, go. That was my next comment. Is okay. So yeah, I'm 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 definitely that is an unknown still how he'll react to somebody counting down for me, and. Also, I when we did do the fast, he wasn't because I wasn't running. He wasn't talking the numbers out. You know how they tell the points to describe. Oh yes, yes, yes. So the next FEO that I do, I am going to ask him to call numbers. Yeah. To get a feel for does he listen to that? Does he pay attention to it? Uh, one thing that did happen when I was walking into do the the teeter is the handler in the other arena 
yelled Teeter really, really loud. <laughs> and like, Teeter! And I'm like, whoa, like her dog was going to miss it, right? So she was yelling Teeter or I don't know what's going on over there. Anyway, he had zero. <laughs> uh, he didn't even seem to notice Good. If, if he did notice it. He didn't show it any indication. All right, one thing that I forgot to mention that happened before my very first run while we were waiting is I had a hair malfunction. My hair- you personally? Me personally. So we're waiting, oh. we're off to the side, we're all kind of by, I put ourselves in a little corner so that we weren't being bugged by other dogs or other people. And he was messing with his toy at times. I was feeding him at times. And all of a sudden I reached up because my bangs were bugging me and I wanted to reclip my bangs up out of my face. So I went to take my hair clip out of my hair and it was snagged. <gasps> oh no. I'm like, oh my gosh. I, and I'm trying to pull it out. So it's halfway out, right? <laughs> and it's stuck. And oh I'm, my like, God. I'm like panicking. I'm like, do I just rip my hair out? Do right. I do I try and pull it out gently? What do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so I had to drop his leash. I, I stepped on his leash. He's on the tug. And I'm trying to mess with my hair. I'm taking my, my hair band out. When I run agility, my hair is up, right? It is out of my yeah. face. It is up. I I'm always, my hair is always back. And I started to panic. I'm like, all right, all right, oh no! Don't panic. You have plenty of time. At the last second, you can rip your hair out. It's okay. Yeah, no worries. There's Eli's no, like, what's going on, Mom? Yeah, there's no panicking in agility. Yeah, no panicking allowed. Right. Anyway, so yeah, I'm kind of flipping out. I have no idea how my hair looked when I was actually running because I just, I finally got it un. I took my time. I didn't rip my hair out. Oh, that's good. I, I took my time. I got it untangled, and I reclipped my hair. And, but I was just laughing at myself. I'm like, Margaret, stop panicking. You're okay. Right. And it's one of those little things where if you were with Dot or Jinx, you'd be like, oh, man, whatever. Um, and you'd be like, yeah, whatever, my hair clips. And then you'd take your time and fix it. But when it's the first trial, the first time you're ever doing something, and it's that one little thing, you're like, oh, my God. Oh, my I gosh. I just felt the temperature in my body right, raise, <laughs> rise. Oh, right. I just went like, oh, my gosh, don't get a hot flash, too. Oh dear. Oh no. All right. So um I said I did when I, the, the week prior, I did kind of go back and forth about whether or not to FEO or to go for it. Yeah, we had this talk. Yeah, I wasn't even. quite sure. You were kind of encouraging me to just go for it. <laughs> and fortunately my logical side kicked in and I said Well now Wait a minute, you, oh, I have, well, on my, I had new intel when you told me that you weren't totally satisfied with his contacts. Then I was like, okay, I wanted to defend my honor real quick there. I'm not telling you to. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, now, Whatever. wait a minute. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, my logical side kicked in and I said, nope, you're not ready to trial trial. Yeah. It's certainly not in time to beat. And yes, I could have done fast. I could have avoided the A-frame, but I, my, my, my plan was when I entered this trial, my plan was to FEO and yeah. I wanted to go ahead and stick with that plan. I had specific goals in mind and I'm glad that I did that. I'm really glad I FEO'd and I'm, I plan on FEOing next weekend too. So. Oh, really? Yeah. All of it? No. Or not all of it, but no, I mean. Because you're only sorry. allowed, you're only allowed to FEO really in time to be in fast. Oh, really? Okay. okay. I did. Yeah. I know that. So I'll, I'll do time to be fast. 
and uh, again, novice jumpers with weaves. Uh, I also I probably shouldn't have done this, but I entered him in, in premier jumpers. Oh, please don't empty him for that. Wouldn't it be so fun if he does well? No, you're Imagine not if he does well. Him. But I very well, I very much will bring him back to me, get him back into heel and start the sequence again when things because it's not gonna I'm he's not gonna qualify in that kind of attitude will not get you into EO tryouts, okay? I need you. <laughs> I have to put him around an F, a premier style course for it's okay. I have he'll be eight, fine. 16, 18 obstacles. So he knows all the skills or for the most part, I think I've trained all the skills. Um, and so we will definitely give it a, a good go, but I plan on breaking it into chunks, right? Like do one through five, bring them back into heel, do six through nine, bring them back into heel, do nine through whatever. So that's my plan for premiere. And if, uh -huh. and if that goes sideways, where's your leash, buddy? Let's go get a tug. I won't do that for another six months. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good plan. Right. So yeah, no, I'm definitely going to be pushing him on Premiere. I'm going to be pushing myself, right? So the the handling will definitely be outside of my um, scope with his amount of speed. And I he, we just haven't learned how to um, drive together, right? So driving a new dog, putting them in their first six months of agility trials is literally learning how you guys work together under pressure, under speed the amount of um, cues that you need, the amount of information that he needs early, the amount of experience he has at seeking out obstacles that are slightly off his path. Um, so there's a learning curve for sure. Even for the most skilled of dogs at a young age, they're still learning how to drive them in a trial environment. So that is, yeah. that is still, we're still working on that. All right, what else? Uh, Tell us about your novice run. Oh, well, my novice run, he I, 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 he did great. Yeah, uh, he, went he, wide. He, he runs wide. So I learned that he yeah. runs wide, which he's done that a handful of times in practice. But for the most part, we have a much smaller arena. And so this yeah. 100 by 100, we run in 60 by 80, I think. So those much bigger um ability to run out happened. Um, I cued him late on the turn. So he landed and already took a stride before I even told him to turn. So the ability for him to grab the jump was really out of his um, wheelhouse for the for his age and his experience. Even a even a really good skilled dog the delay of my verbal was so off that even a really skilled dog would have struggled to get the jump. Um, but he came back very nicely. Um, that set me up to, so I had to stay with him then on that jump, right? To Just because I had to reset him. And that put me behind, behind for the far jump. The, and so that jump, I <laughs> saw that I was off almost immediately and I really pushed as hard as I could. And then I sent him out sideways and he's like, okay. And he went out and he, he grabbed the jump, but it was such a jump that he so was in such bad positioning that I would not have been surprised if he knocked the bar because it was so difficult of an angle and ascend. 
but he grabbed it. He grabbed it. He didn't knock the bar. His jump training. Okay. There was another one of my goals is what are his bars look like at speed? And yeah, because he's he was a bar knocker early on, right? He was. He's always been a bar knocker. Right yeah. So ten months when I started his jump training, he was bar 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 bar, and by golly, the jump training has been phenomenal. It's been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. So I did not only Linda Mecklenburg's jump training. Um, I did uh, some Susan Sallow. Um, I started following uh, Kim Collins. She has some brilliant, brilliant stuff out there. Um, and so just put all of that into play. Uh, started training all of that, not only at 12 inches, but 14. And then finally at 16. And absolutely brilliant jump training. Um, he did knock one bar all week uh, on all three runs. And he hasn't been knocking bars for the most part in practice right every Good. once in a while we worked a really tough um slice blind cross that i was you know i was on the landing side of the slice blind cross and that took him a couple rounds not well and there's time. there's a difference between him just not caring about the bars being knocked which is what was happening prior and then him maybe i'm not saying that you're a bad handler but perhaps maybe he was just confused or he had information too late and that's not his fault if he knocks a bar right. so i think there's also a difference between that which you're aware of um obviously but yeah 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 definitely so yeah learning new sequences with my handling and figuring each other out definitely those are the handling errors the timing him learning the timing and just being learning that i i will get out of your way yeah yeah so once he understood it then the bar stopped coming down so that's yeah. you know that's just a training training issue right not not a yeah. an issue um yeah really really pleased with well, this. that's really good yeah yeah he's been um a dog that we've had a few new discoveries with um or new a few new obstacles for us personally so like the environmental contrast thing as well as bar knocking. I don't think we've ever had a dog that we struggle with bar knocking. Um, so it's been really interesting to, to see that progression of, okay, hey, this training works and I'm glad it works. Yeah, it worked on him anyway. Yeah. Or yeah. Uh, yeah, handled uh, all the the spread jumps. So what oh yeah, how was the broad jump? Oh, we, he didn't have the broad jump because um, that's in. Really? Not in novice? Oh, I thought it was not in, in um, novice jumpers too. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, good yeah. luck with that. <laughs> but he's doing fine on the, on the broad jump at, in practice. Okay. He's doing just fine. Um, but yeah, handled the double, handled the triple. Uh, right? We had a triple. Mm, probably. They okay. like them at the end, don't they? All right. So let me just talk a little bit about the cell phone effect. Yes. All right, so I have a thing that I call the cell phone effect, <laughs> and it works great for getting your dog to drink water and getting your dog to potty. Yeah. And let me just say that all of you who have not pottied your dogs on leash, start training it because it's only a training issue. It's not. Oh, it's such a good it. skill to have. It's not that your dog won't learn how to do it. It's just you haven't been doing it, and therefore they're more likely to hold on to it until you start training it. And for those that are struggling, give the dog a 10 to 20 foot long line so that they can be away from you in the beginning. Do it first thing in the morning, right after a meal, 
so that they're most likely to potty within 20 minutes of a meal. Do not give them access to outside until you've tried it on leash. And so here's the cell phone effect. Uh, when we go on our cell phones and we disengage from our dogs, we disconnect from our dogs, then and only then are some dogs willing to go potty and water. Yeah. So if you want your dog to poop, get on your phone. Yeah. If you want your dog to potty, get on your phone. Or, and it's because when you're looking, when you're watching them, you're engaging with them, right? Because dogs don't speak English. And so that's the only way that you are really only able to communicate with a dog is by watching them, right? If you're watching them, they're like, oh, well, you're engaging. So I'll watch you back. What do you want to do? Let's go run. Yeah. Um, so and, and more more importantly, are you going to put your hand in that treat pouch and pull exactly? One? Yeah. <laughs> pull it. Yeah. Out. Yeah. Are you going to reach in your back pocket and give me that tug toy? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, that's what they care about. They don't necessarily want to hang out with you. They want to know <laughs> is there more in it for them. Exactly. And they finally figure out that there's nothing in it for them. Then they're willing to disengage with you as well and potty or drink. So I say hover near the water. Make sure they have enough leash that the leash is not tight. and um, let them disengage from you, you disengage from them. Now that doesn't mean that you stop looking at your dog, right? <laughs> There's peripheral vision. We can use. Yeah. You can peek over the cell phone. Yeah. Peek over the side of the cell phone and, um, watch that they're drinking. And then once they're done drinking, reward them. Tell them, yeah, yeah good drink. And I even give a cookie after drinking. Yeah. And once you get drinking, happening in your presence then I start to name it right? yeah get some water drink drink and then I yeah, go on drink, my drink. Cell phone. get some water drink drink whatever I say and then I go on my cell phone right so that's the cell phone effect the other thing for pottying is uh, is not it, it, I do a very methodical go potty cue so it's just very mild go potty go potty. And I walk about a 15 foot strip of grass back and forth. And very, very slowly, I let the dog lead me. I do not um, uh, uh, hold the leash tight. So I will go at their pace, but I will only give them 15 feet. So as soon as they 15, maybe 20 feet. So as soon as they hit the end of my 20 foot, I don't like turn around and I tell them to come back and start pottying the other direction. Um, so, and I'll do that on a 10 foot leash. I'll do that on a 20 foot leash is you're only allowed this amount of space to potty. Um, but with my border collie, the very, very first time that he pottied on leash, he was literally 15 feet into the bushes away from me, but he was on yeah. leash, right? And so he did not want to be near me at all for a potty. Even today, he still doesn't, his preference is to go far away, even though he will poop on leash. Um, at, at six feet, right? But if he has a choice, he'll go out even further. He likes his privacy. So teaching him to potty on leash took about six months before it was on a six foot leash. But yeah, every day I took him out on leash, first a 20 foot, then a 15 foot, then a 10 foot. And eventually he would potty for me on leash. So, and, and then he would potty on cue. So don't quit, don't quit trying. 
because learning to potty and drink at a trial is so stinking important. Yeah, it is. It's it's taxing for a dog. And so you kind of have to, it's like telling a toddler, you know, hey, let's let's drink. Let's go to the bathroom because they won't do it for themselves because it's a very high stress, high excitement environment. Right. And then the second they are off leash, they're like, woohoo, finally I get to potty. Right. And it's in the ring. <laughs> exactly. Whoops. Oh. So, yeah, potty on leash, potty on cue. I have two different cues. I have a wee cue and I have a poop cue. If you can, I'd do it by yourself as well. I mean, obviously, if you have family members, I, I meant without any other dogs. Um, so, like, Jinx and Eli have a tendency to play with each other. And Jinx is like, hey, man, I have to go to the bathroom. And Eli's like, I don't care. Let's bite each other's necks. And so I think if you do one dog at a time, don't meet up with your friends. Don't take your other dog out to the bathroom as well. I think one dog per potty walk is the way to go. Yeah. However, however, so let's say. Unless they mark each other's spots and then that's good. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So take one dog out that does potty readily. Yeah, that's a good word. And then take your dog that is a known marker right back to that same spot and they're likely to mark it. So that is a, that is a very good point. Yeah. I mean, if they don't play on leash, then it's fine, but keep them separate so that they're not trying to talk to each other, right? Unless they yeah. try to potty together. Yeah, so that's it. Cool. I wanted to say one thing about our podcast. So our podcast has been picked up by advertisers. Oh. <laughs> uh, it took a year, but... Uh, <laughs> Four but, years. So I'm, I'm happy that we might make a couple of pennies. It literally is going to be pennies. Yeah, um, I'm not getting any of this money, actually, but, interestingly enough. <laughs> the other, no, that's because we haven't gotten anything yet, but no. it, <laughs> it's starting to um, pick up. And yes, you will get some money off of this. Ooh, once I pay for our podcast fees. <laughs> um, anyway, um, so I apologize, though, for the advertising, but I am trying to pay for the the the, the um, platform that sponsors or that we we have to buy this platform to actually host our podcast and spit them out to all the other podcast um, platforms and so I know that the advertisements are annoying and I'm trying to figure out how to only do one per show I had three ads the other day on one that I listened to of us so one at the beginning and then two in the middle and that really annoyed me. But mm-hmm. what I also ne- learned is that I can fast forward them. So I have a plus 30 seconds or plus 15 seconds button on the, the platform that I listen to podcasts on. And so I just hit go forward 30 seconds and it did. <laughs> so it skipped right through the advertisement. So there's a little hint, but don't tell the Uh, so anyway I apologize but I also um, would love to not lose money making a podcast and so at least break even because there's no money in this for us so far no we just like we just like hearing ourselves yap at each other well I'm kind of like I like listening you yap at me but I like um, helping people so yeah yeah it's been fun and just document our experience together. For sure. All right. Is that everything? 
I think so. Do you want to know how Eli did? As far oh, as oh, shall yeah, do a little humble brag for us. Did he qualify? Uh huh. Yes, he did. He did qualify, and he in was novice, first in place novice, in novice jumpers. He qualified. He was first place, um, with a substantial lead into first place, which I was quite excited about. Well, a good chunk of his class uh, end queued. I think there are only two dogs. It was a hard course, his novice course. I was watching that. I was like, man, novice course has been a lot harder since I've been doing it. I didn't think it was hard. Well, I mean, it, it, I mean, it wasn't. I, 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 I thought yeah. it was totally doable. Okay, here, I'll, I'll rephrase. I think that the gap between novice and open is closing. Yes. Do, you, do you see what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, I, I always remember that the novice to open gap was always quite large, and a lot of people fell through. And I think that they're trying to... Um, design courses to where that doesn't happen as much. I agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I do think that novice courses are getting harder, um, and I think that they are getting closer to open. And I think that in general, courses are starting to get harder. Oh, 100%. More technical stuff is being asked of the handler and the dog, um, which I think is also why they brought in the act to help buffer that, right? So now the act yeah. is very simple one side change usually at the table and so then yeah novice courses are getting harder but i thought it was totally doable i thought 100 percent. i thought that a few more dogs should have qualified um but so yeah only two dogs qualified in our heights um uh, so yeah and cool. you know what though I, I also think that we both and or we both lost points so the two qualifying runs I think we both lost points for very, very similar problems um, in that the dogs ran wide. And I think that the other dog uh, caught the visual of the judge and Ooh. tracked out, you know, what was paying attention to the handler, but um, because of the judge caught their eye and which is very possible what happened with Eli as well is that the, the dog got caught by the judge. And so like when you're driving a car and you look to the side at pedestrians, you'll drift to the side towards the. <laughs> yeah. You did that. Do you remember doing that? I vividly remember doing that. It was the first time I ever drove the Beetle, and I was so nervous. I had never driven a stick shift car. I had never driven a stick shift car on a road before. Yeah, and I remember there's a guy walking down the bridge in Duval, and I was like, nobody ever walks on this bridge. And I was looking at him, and I drifted my little tin can of a car straight over. Yeah. So dogs do the exact same thing when they're when they're looking at something, they drift in that direction. So I think that the judge caught their the eye of um, uh, both of our dogs and they drifted off. Um, I think Eli came back a little bit faster, I think. Maybe they came back similarly. Anyway, um, and then I, I think we were off one other jump. Uh, very. I think I got caught on the first jump to the weave poles and the other dog got caught on the second jump to the weave poles um so, yeah but we both had you can scores of 90 so we both lost five points on each refusal uh i'd like to say a thank you to those that um uh, supported us in our journey here yeah. and also to my students who um, videotaped me videotaped our run that was really nice and yeah I'm really proud of you guys. Um, this I hope is... I didn't have too much game face. Uh, That's okay. Before and after my run, paying attention to Eli. 
you're like, I'm having such a good time. And you're like completely stone face. Um, I, I'm really, oh, I'm proud of oh, you guys. Wait, one more thing that I did. I was being sentimental. Oh, what did you say? Oh, never, no, no, no. Continuing. Okay. So one more thing that I did is because of my anxiety, because I was anxious, I listened to our podcast about stress <laughs> on the way up. Oh, look at you. And it really, really helped me, Emma. I listened oh. to my own advice. I listened to your advice and it really, really helped me. And it made me feel like, okay, everything's going to be okay, regardless of how the day actually goes. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that was really good. And yeah. I'm seeing all my students, you know, those that are still with me and those that um, have moved on to other trainers. Uh, it was, it was just a great day. It was great to be back in the trialing experience. Yeah. It's cool to have a young dog. It's always fun to have, uh, you know, the possibilities are endless, right? Yeah. It is a really, it's a new chapter. I'm really excited to see where the boy will go. Um, Because you've put a ton of work into that dog. I don't think you've ever put as much work into a dog as you have for him. And of course, that's partly because you have so much research that you've been doing, right? Um, But it's also because I think that you just wanted to have a good agility dog and you have done everything in your power to make a good agility dog. And I'm, I'm glad that it has panned out or so far, it seems like it has. Yeah, certainly the, his first year and a bit has been great. I've done a lot of experimenting with him. That is yeah. He's a, he's a good dog to do that with, I think. But he's very, very resilient in that fact. And, and I really, yeah. I'm so pleased with how he tries stuff for me and then some things have worked great some things have worked great other things not so much so um, but he's been really good to try it anyway show me what it does to a dog like him and then I'll try something else I'll go back I'll yeah he's been a great 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 dog and I've been experimenting with him mostly to see can I help my students learn how to train by themselves with minimal help from me right can they do homework by themselves can I help them do homework by themselves can I help them transfer to other practice areas by themselves with and the two obstacles that I've been focused on the most is the um, teeter and the weepals so yeah those are hard yeah I did the most experimenting with those and but I have done a lot of experimenting with distance with uh, commitment and so just trying to utilize what I've learned from Eli, how he responds to my training, can I transfer that to my handlers? And some of it's very nuanced, so I don't think that it's for every single handler. But for those handlers that want it, I think that I have a new set of skills to offer them if if they want it, right? Mm-hmm. But it's in the weeds, it's nitty gritty, it's, um, it's nuanced. A bit nerdy. It's a lot nerdy. <laughs> a lot nerdy yeah so I've learned a ton and the trial experience was exactly a learning experience for him a learning experience for me little fact-finding mission but I think it went well good so that's all I have cool so are we done I think so shall we say goodbye yeah okay I'll say goodbye I love you goodbye oh I love you too <laughs> happy training yeah Oh, wait, what was the sentimental thing you were saying? Oh, I already said it. I was like, you know, it's 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 always really scary to 
go into a, a trial and I think that I, I don't think you admit this, but I, I, I know you, I think you really, really, really want to do well for your students. Um, and it's, it's cool that, that it kind of panned out that it's, that it's going well so far. And I'm not saying that if Eli wasn't a good dog, that it'd be like, Oh my gosh, you know, it, we went panic, but it, it's cool. It's cool to have a dog, uh, to walk into a trial with a dog where you're like, yeah, okay, this could be our day. Yeah, I agree. It was absolutely fabulous, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to yeah. lie. I Did you, him. you got that from dog, I'm sure. Well, he's exactly the dog that I dreamed of. He's, yeah. a, he's exactly the dog that I researched. He's exactly the dog that um, I, yeah, I think drive that I wanted for agility. I think that's what I've been trying to get at that I haven't really been good at articulating is that you have put so much work into this dog and I would have been so sad um, and we would have gone back to the drawing board and we would have fixed it. But if, if, you know, you put all this work in and he just completely crumbled and he's like, Nope, I don't like this. I want to go home. And that's yeah, really I would, I would heartbreaking. That. And we, we would have been okay. We would have, you know, fixed it or, or, you know, we would have loved him anyway, of course, but it's cool that he was like, yeah, okay, let's go. And it's cool that he was comfortable enough in a trial to bite your face. <laughs> that's not that's 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 pretty he didn't good bite my face emma he did not bite my face he muzzle punched uh, well <laughs> there's a big difference <laughs> at least he wasn't nervous about the whole thing no he was not he was excited he was um he was all in yeah it was good cool all right okay. i love you love you happy training bye-bye bye-bye Woof, woof. Nice job. Nice job, mother. Hey, woof, woof. Oh, woof, woof.